Coach, hey, thanks for joining me today on this simple coach-to-coach interview. Um, I wanted to have the band out, you know, the marching band, to, you know, play some tune as we were doing this uh, to celebrate uh, your national championship, but, you know, they got other things to do today. But thank you for joining me. Thanks for taking the time. And, um, yeah, thanks for being on the channel. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited. I've seen a lot of these interviews and uh, watching Travis be on here last year when, when you reached out to me, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to be on. So it's uh, I appreciate everything that you do for Division Three soccer and looking forward to a fun little fun little interview. Thank you. It, he, he was sweating. I like that's how tough of an interview I was. Like I could see the perspiration coming down. Like I didn't give him any slack. <laughs> he's, a, hey. he's a lot more social than I am. Uh, he can yeah, talk for yeah. a while. So uh, <laughs> I'll try to see if I can match it. I'm actually supposed to have him on, I think, on Friday. Like I'm doing an interview with him on Friday. I think it's Friday. That's awesome. He's a, just like you. He's one of the bigger Division Three soccer junkies in the in the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't kick me in the head, but I hold him personally responsible um, for <laughs> getting kicked in the head at the, at the Ohio Wesleyan. So, hey, so my first question is: I'm not sure where we go from here, right? Because again, you're year one, and lo and behold, you raise a trophy. But maybe we could just start. Like, how did you end up at St. Olaf? How? What's your soccer journey been like? Um, yeah. You're at the pinnacle already, so it's <laughs> it's, a, it's funny because it's like it's such a loaded question, um, and it kind of just doubles down. Like I have this just belief that everything happens for a reason, and obviously there's always some low points and stuff. But um, it all started like with my college journey. Honestly, like I played three years of Division One soccer at a school called Eastern Illinois. Um, we weren't the best. We didn't win very much. Um, and I have a twin brother who's the head coach at another school in our conference and used to be the associate head coach at Gus Davis, who was the rival in our conference where they went yeah. to the lead eight two years ago. Um, and essentially he transferred to St. Thomas back when they were still in division three, when he was a junior and I chose to stay at Eastern Illinois. Um, and I watched him go to a final four and my team went like five, nine and two. And I was like, wow, like that looks like a lot more fun than uh, <laughs> not winning a whole lot. So then I transferred to St. Thomas for just uh, mm-hmm. the spring of my junior year and my senior year. And in our one year, we had, a, we had a good season and it was, it was successful. Um, we went 22 and two and we lost in the lead eight to, to North Park, one to zero on an own goal where we did get absolutely dominated in the game for whatever that's worth. But that year, we actually went to Ohio Wesleyan with our St. Thomas team, and we played against our, we, yeah, we went to OU, and Travis was the associate head coach there at the time, um, and we beat them two to one, and me and my twin brother had a had a good game, um, and Tyler ended up going and being an assistant coach at Elmhurst for a year, mm-hmm. and well, I tried to play after, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough, I went on trial with Louisville City for the start of preseason, and um, yeah, I was was not at, was not at the level and then from there I was just looking to get into coaching so I coached one year of high school varsity soccer at North St. Paul which is where I played at um and it was it was awesome and then Tyler went to Disney and he ran into Travis there and he was like hey like I think I'm going to be the head coach at St. Olaf like uh what are you what's your brother doing like any interest there and so coincidentally enough like it just goes from Tyler running to Travis in an event where Travis recognized Tyler and I from us going there and playing them and I got coffee with him when he was here in, in Minnesota and it like was kind of like a perfect match so yeah. I went from one year of varsity coaching at 22 to being his assistant um at 22 23 and it was like kind of the the perfect match and then you know we were together for four and a half years and um Travis I do believe is one of the best coaches in division three soccer um he's been a great mentor he's also one of my best friends we probably talk three or four times a week um but then the next crazy part is like again together for four and a half years this last spring I kind of felt like I was ready to make the jump and be a head coach um Mm -hmm. I went out and I interviewed at some places that I got offered a job didn't get offered a job when I was a finalist somewhere else and then I did um accept a job to be the head coach at University of Wisconsin Stout to start their program from scratch and they weren't going to start playing until 2024 and that was this this spring um and the reason I did that is because me and Travis were on the same page of he was planning on being uh, here for the foreseeable future because mm. uh, 
we didn't think that some of the jobs that were going to open up were, were going to open up. That would be a place for him and his fiance to go long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, lo and behold, um, some big jobs opened up in Kenya and Chicago. And then this year, there's another big one in Wash U. But essentially, Travis ended up um, going to going back to Kenya. And it was a great decision for him and his fiance, Amber. Um, but it kind of like afforded me the opportunity to potentially come back to, to St. Olaf. Um, I'll leave some of the, the details out of it. But I, again, I left because I was planning on being somewhere for a while because he was going to be here for a while. And then when he went back to Kenyan, um, it afforded me a, a unique opportunity to come back here. Um, I got a phone call from the athletic director asking me if I would be interested in coming back. And mm-hmm. it was like a no brainer to me just because um, it was a place I was at for the last four and a half years where Again, I did a little bit. I helped Travis's, like the the engineer, the architect, whatever analogy you want to use. But I still helped a little bit and did some stuff. So when I got the opportunity to have my first head coaching job, be a team that had gone to back-to-back Sweet 16s and been ranked in the top 15 each of the last two years and over the last three years had um, tied for the like fifth or sixth most wins in the country, it was just like, it was a no-brainer. So mm-hmm. it sucked that for me to have the job that I wanted uh, my best friend outside of my twin brother had to had to leave, but it brought me back to St. Olaf, and uh, I was pretty blessed to have the team this year. Mm-hmm. I actually said in the email exchange, like I mentioned, I'm I'm, I'm supposed to interview him in Friday, Thursday or Friday, and I actually said to him, I, I was like, "There's no team that." wins a national championship in a vacuum. And I said to him, I was like, it, it takes time to get to a spot. I'm like, so it's to, I look at it and I don't take this to the bat or the wrong way, but like a lot of his work, right. Went into what happened this year for you guys. And, and I think just because of the nature of the way soccer is and, um, and, and I think it's the accumulation of all this work that went on beforehand as well. Um, not only your work, but, you know, from from previous years and the recruiting and whatnot. So, yeah, um, with, with Travis, I just um, I'm pretty like self aware of knowing what I do or don't contribute towards. And again, um, when I was here with him, every step of the way, helping us go through a rebuild where he took over a team that was winning four and five games in 2017, 2018. Um, so, like again, like I helped him do it, but I it's not lost on me that Travis is the main again architect engineer. He he did build this and. I helped a little bit, but um, if there's somebody who deserves the most credit for us winning a national championship, I still do firmly believe that that it is him. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that some of my people around me have done a good job of trying to help me feel better about is just that, yes, he did he did build it, and yes, you helped, and they make sure to remind me of that, but I did have to coach like 100% of this season, which is which is yeah, the yeah. part for me to try to double yeah. down on, but um I just can't begin to emphasize enough of like how much I still believe that this is the biggest part of what Travis assembled. Um, And I did coach it. So that part is, is valid, but very, it was very special to have, he came to our games um, in Chicago Chicago against both Eau Claire and U Chicago. And then his family drove to the final four and they were at both of those games as well. So having him there every step of the way was, was super, super special. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm not saying I. I mean, you had to do the coaching this year, and you put in your your work as well. I'm not 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 dismissing that, but um, let let me ask. Obviously, it's gone great, right? Like the transition from from Travis to your leadership. How, how has that gone? Has it been pretty seamless because the guys already knew you? Is it? And you know, obviously, Saint Olaf. Yeah, I would say I'm very honest with the guys in our team and in our program where um, I told them like one of my biggest worries or concerns heading into this year as a first time head coach, like there was big expectations for us from some people from the outside where, you know, when you have the last two seasons that we did and we've done what we've been doing, there's always going to be a little bit of, again, expectations on us so I told them like one of my biggest worries and concerns you guys is just that like I don't want to mess it all up um so I like and I use I use different words for it but um, like, yeah I just I just don't want to mess it up um and at the same point in time like I still am a competitor so like I backed myself to come in and do a good job and I knew that I was ready for it 
Um, so it was interesting, but they also told me like, look, Justin, we're super thankful to you because I got hired in, in late July. Yeah. Um, so it was a good three, three and a half, four weeks before the season was going to start. And they were like, just as you're worried about, you know, not messing up, we're super happy that you're back here because you're familiar with all of us. You know our team. You've done a huge part of stuff over the last four and a half years. So we don't have to have a new head coach try to come in and figure out the way that we want to play, our identities, what we do, uh, see who's the best players for what spots. Um, so it was like those calls were super nice because they shared a similar sentiment of like familiarity and just being ready to help do a lot. Um Travis was great in terms of he would give me a, a lot to do in some areas, and we were very complimentary of each other. So it was a pretty easy uh, segue in just because, I mean, I was as associate head coach the two years before, mm-hmm. so uh, we worked very well in tandem. So it was just I think it was as easy of a transition as it possibly could have been. Um, when we started off the year one and four or one and three, I thought, like, holy cow, I might be, like, butchering one of the most talented teams in the country. So at that point, I was having to have thoughts about, like, am I, am I just a terrible head coach? Uh, so, uh, that, that part was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, you did, right? Like, you go your your first four games holy smokes right you 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 lose to chicago Ohio wesleyan and then kenyan yeah and you're one and three so i could see you being like oh my gosh what what have i done right that's um again i'm gonna because this is a unique situation right usually the coach leaves and then somebody comes in with their own style but you have a legacy as well there um What's and and now that you have the national championship, like how 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 important is the how much time do you put in team culture and and sort of building from where you are? Because I always believe if you if you stop doing it, if you stop building, you're gonna fall behind, right? So I, I mean, do you put a lot of emphasis in it for your yeah. program? The biggest thing that Travis and I tried to do initially was just again. The first thing that you have to get right is is the culture. So usually when teams are winning four and five games, it's because some things are missing or lacking in areas that we needed to improve. So the biggest thing was just getting getting the culture right and getting it going. Um, and then this year, we had a big senior class of, of 12 players um, that had some special players in it. So essentially, like, yes, they were they were good players, but they also were our hardest workers. They were there was three players on our team that had started and led our team in minutes where we had a holding mid in in 2021. That was sixth on our team in minutes, a center back that was third. And we had a goalie that led the country in minutes played. And um, they were a big part of our team having success in 2021 and even some of them in 2022. And then this last year, they, they lost some of their spots and three of those people were our best teammates. We had this kind of running joke. Like I always tell our team, Hey, we have to bring our on the ball quality without shooting ourselves in the foot to just give teams chances or things. And then our bench was, we got to bring our on the bench quality, which is like good communication, high energy, supportive teammates, that kind of thing. And they were three of the best players at it. And so essentially the hard part is going from making a culture not as good to super strong. And then your hope is that once you've made it good and strong, that your seniors teach your freshmen and sophomores mm-hmm. how to go about it and how to do things mm-hmm. and what it means to be an only soccer player and just mm-hmm. our day in, day out, um, and what it means to be a good teammate. And you just kind of hope that once it gets to that point that you learn from what your standards are. So um, I'm going to have to still continue to make sure that it goes that way. But we've had some awesome people teach people the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. Well, you do have some great players. I, I, I thought, I thought one of your players should have been Player of the Year. Um, well, he's my personal Player of the Year. Victor Gallman, I thought, is just outstanding. Um, yeah, Victor uh, is a uh, he's he is genuinely special. Um, again, the kid who did win it. Difference, different level. Like it's hard to explain, but yeah, you the, watch him play, and you're like, this kid's really not at the same level as most yeah i uh i totally agree and again the kid who won from montclair state when you score 34 goals yeah 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 that is an outrageous number so i don't have like any qualms with it i do still personally believe that victor is the best player in division exactly i think that we're gonna see in his covid year he's gonna find a pretty big time home to get to use his his fifth year at and travis and i are working on that big part of it as travis but he's gotten some 
pretty good interest from like some big time places and yeah, we're yeah. going to wait and see how that shakes out. But I think that we're going to see that Victor can play at the highest of levels yeah. in Division One soccer and, and fit right in. Yeah. So he's going to be doing that. Uh, we have a forward, Hakeem Morgan, who is a U23 Costa Rican international. Costa Rican. He's another one. I, I, I just like this play. I like the, the more, I don't know. Center midfielders are really my thing. I really enjoy watching those guys, and that's why I think Victor is your player of the year. But Hakeem Morgan is outstanding as well. I mean, that yeah, so I'm excited for what his – again, they're going through their processes right now. And then we kind of have like a third unsung hero in our in our senior class. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Casey McCloskey, and he's the he's the young man who yeah. stepped up big time in the final oh, four yeah. with yeah. three goals and two assists. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah. He's going to have been a three-time All-Region um, and was a Scholar All-American two years ago. So, like, he's stepped up and done some things, and uh, he's getting some interest from, from places, too. So we're going to have probably three players go and use their COVID yeah. year at, at some, some very good Division One homes, and I hope that they do well because I think that they all have goals and ambitions of being a professional soccer player, and that's very hard to do when you're a yeah. Division Three player. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kind of analogy that I use with some people is, like, I kind of feel like Bill Belichick in a way, like, I got just handed this like super, super talented team. And yes, we did really well, but I believe that this team could have had success under, under pretty much anybody to be super transparent with you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you take Tom Brady away and, you know, now he <laughs> might get fired from the Patriots. So now I got to, I got to go out and earn yeah. my money. <laughs> but uh, I'm super blessed to have gotten to have my first year as a head coach, have some special players in it. Um, it- Casey McCloskey, he scored the game winner, right? Yeah, he scored the game winner. I mean, slotted. I'll tell you what, a lot of poise in that goal, like receiving that ball, keeper coming out, and him putting it putting it back post. I mean, I thought that was a great, great goal. But um, Yeah, even in the Final Four, we were – I have no problem saying We were getting dominated through 20 minutes against Washington mm-hmm. College. We could have been down 2-0 easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, my keeper made a huge save, and they hit the crossbar off of – I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, and then he cut in and scored a, a curler off of a block shot where he whipped it out. Like, literally, you might not have been able to put a ball with your hand in a better spot for it to go yeah. in. And, goals change games and it changed the dynamic of everything and yeah. um there was some things that happened that was not down to coaching where special players did some things so yeah. he had some big moments yeah, yeah um so no season is perfect but was this a perfect season for you what what's your what's your sense of how the season went yeah i think that um it's funny when I was thinking about like potentially like leaving, it was always like a no brainer for me. But if I got offered this job, I was prepared to like leave and accept it on like an interim basis um, and just show that I could coach at this level by earning it. And I thought I could do that by, you know, winning one of the two Maya championships or getting into the NCAA tournament or winning a game in the NCAA tournament, whatever it might be. I just knew that this team was super talented and I could, I backed myself a little bit. While I still have worries and securities and all that stuff, I'm still, like I said earlier, I'm a competitor and I back myself to do a good job. So I knew that I could do something with this team because I felt that pretty much anybody could with what what was built here. Um, so like going into the year, I went through like these different phases of like after the first four games and we were one and three, I was like, holy cow, like I, I might be a terrible head coach. But fortunately, last year, um, me and Travis, we had a t- we had a tough start as well when we went to mm-hmm. Chicago and we lost to North Park and U Chicago as well, yeah. and we lost to North. Or we had lost to to Warburg early in the year too. So the funny thing is that we had been in a similar spot before, and then we had still ended up going to a Sweet Sixteen and had a really good year, and we're penalties away from the lead eight. So it's like yeah. I just kind of I doubled down and I trusted our process, and we continued to do things that we we had been doing, um, and just. During the regular season, we uh, we played against Gustavus in the second-to-last conference game, and uh, we conceded with the last kick of the game in a game that got shortened due to due to light. Um, and if we would have won that game, we would have won our conference regular season championship outright with a game to go. And because we tied it, we had to go win it on the last day uh, up in Concordia against Concordia Moorhead, and we won it. And that was super cool because I felt like, all right, a little bit of like pressure is off my back. We won one of the two championships, so like. Mm-hmm allows you to relax a little bit um and then you know 
my playoffs come around and we we won the opening or the the second round our opening round because we had a bye and then we played against Gustavus in the final and we won on penalties which as we know is a complete crapshoot so we did the double and I was like all right like this is this is pretty cool because like in my first year we've done something that we haven't we haven't done at St. Olaf so like that was that was awesome and then um then the opening round of the NCAA tournament came and we played Superior, who was really, really good. And there was an early decision in the game that could have changed the dynamic a little bit. And then in the second round, we're playing our crosstown rivals, Carlton, and, and to go to the Sweet 16. I'm like, man, like if I lose to our crosstown rivals in the second round, <laughs> in the yeah. second round of the NCAA tournament with with the best team we've had here, like, dude, this is like this is that's probably the game where I felt the most amount of pressure because if that team didn't go back to a Sweet 16. I would have felt like, despite two championships, I didn't do a good enough job, and we underperformed. Yeah. So then, once we got to that point, I was like, "All right, now there's like the most amount of stress that's that's off off of my back per se." I would also like to say, like, we had a mental performance coach on our staff, um, Brian Sullivan, uh, who is big time. Uh, I talked to him a couple of times a week just about how to be present, and I use some of the analogies of like we are very good at like talking about our worries comments or questions concerns um and little things like that and then just how do we get back to the moment and being present and trust in our process and that kind of thing so despite all of these things we would talk about our worries or concerns as a team and it's like all right so now despite all that how do we focus on the task at hand and we would do that once a week with him and it was just it was super helpful because as a first time I coached like like I said I was worried that we would underperform and not get to the level that we wanted to um, and he was really, really big time at helping us. So then, I mean, we beat Carlton and we get to a sweet 16 and now I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. And then uh, we end up playing against uh, Eau Claire in the sweet 16 and they're uh, shootout basically. That was like it, a run and gun game. I remember watching that four to three. And the funny thing about Eau Claire is their head coach, Casey Holm was my high school coach for four years. Wow. Um, great guy and, too. I talked to him last year. I got to reach out again. What a great yeah, guy. He's awesome, um, and he's he's one of my one of my best friends as well. He was actually at St. Thomas as an assistant. Is a big reason mm-hmm. why Tyler and I both went back there, and he's a big reason why I'm a college head coach. And we currently coach club together with the oldest age group at our club team. So I was like, this is just so weird that like last year in the Sweet Sixteen, I'm coaching against my twin brother. This year, it's like the guy who was like one of my other mentors that is a big part of it. But that was a crazy game where. We it went up, it was tied. We went up, it was tied, and then we scored super late to advance. And then against U Chicago, that's where it's like, all right, like we've been there three times. We have not been able to get past this point. This team has had our number where we've tied, lost, lost in each of the last three years. Um, and again, we Victor scored a great free kick from mm-hmm. 28, 30 yards. Where like again, that has nothing to do with me being a good coach. I had a special player step up and do something at a good moment. And then we scored off of a long throw in like, again, just little things like that, that were yeah. super, super helpful. Um, but when, once we got to the final four, I was like, all right, this, this season is, has been awesome. But we always believed that we had the potential to, to do it all. I don't know if a ton of people, who weren't familiar with our team could have believed that because like, again, you were more familiar with our team. People in our region are a little bit more familiar with our team, but because we had never been able to make the jump on a national stage, I think that people were probably like, Oh, St. Olaf is probably just happy to be here. But when you have the players that we did, we just knew that we could go toe to toe with, with anybody. Um, and once we got there, big time players stepped up and we ended up winning a national championship, obviously. So it, it was special, but um, I think that, <laughs> My athletic director was there, and on the field, I jokingly was hugging him after, and I was like, one, um, I jokingly asked, I was like, one, I want to raise. I want, like, just a game. <laughs> <laughs> Now's um, the time, man. Good call. I'm impressed. <laughs> no, 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 I was like, I'll take a raise. I'll just take a lot of job security in the future going forward, and I'm, I'm going to have a job here for forever winning the national championship. Um, so that was that was super funny. Um, but it was just – and then understand that, you know – I could be here for the next 30 years and yeah. I'm not, this could never happen again. So it could yeah. just be downhill for me too. Um, so that part was, that part was funny. Uh, I, I actually, last year I said that you guys could have had an out. I, you were, there were four scenarios. I think I, I came up with in terms of who would win the national championship. And for one of them that I thought you guys were good enough. Like again, Victor Gallman, Hakeem Morgan, those are two guys that just sort of stand out. Like you can't help but notice them on the field. And I always thought, man, you got such a good team. You just, 
you know, at some point in the tournament, like the break's got to go your way. The ball has to bounce the right way. You know, nobody cruises through. And I, I thought you guys, and I think that sort of happened this year. Um, the things went your way. And I think that that was how the, how it led to that path to the, to the, tournament final but i totally agree like you always need some big bounces need, to go your it way it has nothing to do it has nothing to do with quality of either team it's just you need something to go your way washington college right they have to hit the crossbar mm-hmm. they don't hit the crossbar and that goes in totally different dynamic game instead it hits the crossbar gives you gives you some life lo and behold mm-hmm. you know so, changes to, the dynamic. To, totally, totally agree with you so like it's it's got to be a perfect storm of everything yeah. to, to go your way. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like we again, we had a lot of the small breaks go our way, and we had players step up and score goals from like not the most like high opportune spots. To be super transparent, like again, we don't get to a final four unless Victor Goldman scores a twenty eight yard free yeah. kick. And there's only people in college soccer that that can that can, can do, do that. that. Um, yeah. And then against Washington College, Casey's goal um, yeah. from like no angle, and then against um Hakeem Morgan's goal where he finishes from like seven yards off the end line where the goalie tips yeah. it off the upper right side of the post as well like yeah. we had big time people step up in big time moments and yeah. Shay Bechtel is like another guy who's gonna oh, probably he's another one he's, he's gonna rewrite love him book. yep he's gonna rewrite a record book at, at St. Olaf where he's yeah. finished with the most goals most assists most points most everything and he's been doing it consistently for us uh since day one and he's gonna have a really big a bigger role next year, but he's actually uh, going to be a three-time captain for us. But, like we have four or five guys that can step up and do special things at any given moment. So it's where it was nice that they all stepped up and did it in those yeah. moments to, to make it happen. Yeah. And you need them all, you know, that's the thing, right? You need them all to step up at the same time. So if you get one guy, but not the other and just change, I, I didn't realize Shea Bechtel was a junior. So you got him conceivably two more years if he were to I don't know if that's possible at St. Olaf to stay an extra year but for his she just will end up having his his one year of eligibility left after oh. after this one um yeah, yeah it's gonna be weird seeing everything kind of go back to this year where people will still have medical registers years which is yeah, like yeah, it's still trying to figure out <laughs> COVID year has just completely changed the dynamic yeah. of some places will list their COVID year people this year as yeah. seniors that are juniors so that because they still have the extra year and uh it'll be interesting to see how things kind of revert back to normal yeah. so I, I I'm curious what I mean, because you, I mean, you've been on the inside of this team that's sort of formed over the year, right? Like, you know, you saw them as freshmen, sophomore, junior, and the seniors stepping up and all that stuff. Like, was there anything that really surprised you about this team now that you're looking at it from a head coach's perspective? Um, not, not really. Um, it's just we have had so much consistency and continuity in the team and group where um it's it was very senior heavy and senior laden and they all stepped up and did things in our big time moments where like you know we started off the year one and three like i said but that didn't shell shock them because it had happened to us the year before and we still managed to go to a sweet 16 and and lose in penalty kicks where you know like i said anything can happen in, in those moments so um, we had pretty much experienced a ton of stuff. Even when a majority of them were sophomores in 2021, when we went to U Chicago and we lost to North Park, we lost 1-0 in the like 87th minute where we had a free kick in our defensive third and our first team all region center back slipped and sliced it up the middle of the field and two passes later in eight seconds, mm-hmm. we conceded. And it's like, that's not a moment I totally was sensing danger from. So like we were always close and knocking on the door. And it's just different when your team is a majority of seniors yeah. because they know that like this is kind of like our last chance to go do it like we we knew that some of the big time players in our team were going to try to use their COVID year elsewhere we were Mm -hmm. Travis and myself were helping them get ready to to do those things and it's just different when you kind of feel like your back's up against the wall and this is this is do or die time Mm -hmm. and so you know we went down a goal against U Chicago in the lead eight and they still stepped up in the second half and we we did way better. Um, I would still say that the U Chicago game we were we were lucky to get through because I don't think that was a good performance from us. Um, but we got again 
goals in the moments where not many goals are scored from. So um, it was fortunate. Was game. I liked that game a lot. The game it, was, it, was, it was a really good game. Really um, and then again, like we touched on against Washington College, like 25 minutes, if we could have gone down, it could have been it could have been completely different. But yeah. we went up and it was fortunate. But then, you know, against Amherst, we go down 1-0. And again, we were just down 1-0 against Chicago. Our guys had kind of been in those moments. And instead of them worrying, they just kind of rallied. Um this year was special for like a like a handful of different reasons, but um, there was only one team that shut that that shut us out this year, and it was it was Travis at, at Kenyon when we went there and we lost two zero. And it's like there's a guy who's got the script to make it tough on us. <laughs> it's it's yeah. him. Um, they wrote so, it ahead of season and be like, "Oh, you're going to lose against your former head coach." Yeah, and be uh, blind. So he, he's got those bright nerds, but like again, we knew that we could score goals, so we didn't get phased even if we did go down one zero because people could yeah, step up and, and do those kinds of things. But um, just the maturity and the belief yeah. that the, the our upperclassmen had it just it's different when you get kind of carried by your seniors yeah yeah i mean you have a couple of outliers in terms of games like you know i call them outliers like bethel luther right saint mary's and then that wisconsin superior but I mean, you're looking at two, three goals a game easily. Like that, you're just you're just netting, and and knowing that, right? Like if you get into a routine, you kind of know, hey, I, we got goals on our side. That's a really good spot to be in, right? Like you, I we know we could put the ball in the back of the net. That's uh, a lot of teams wish they could they could they could do that. Yeah, um, no, like that's a big thing for us. Like each of the last two years before this year, we came in averaging right around two point nine or three goals yeah. a game. Again, we score some lopsided numbers on a on a few yeah, teams. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll blow the numbers a little bit, but we still do that playing. And I, I think the MIAC is one of the more underrated uh, conferences mm-hmm. in, in college soccer. Um, just because, again, that Midwest, it's very hard for other teams to go and make runs because our pods are always centered around going through Chicago, mm-hmm. either U Chicago or North Park. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different versus out east where, you know, you can have three teams from the same conference end up in a different quarter of the bracket. So there's always a little bit uh, just not easier pass because there's way more teams there. So I get it. But like from the Midwest, there's always only one team typically that can make it through and get out. Um, so it just changes the dynamic for us a little bit in terms of that. But like, again, the Maya is, I think a very strong conference. Again, there's, there's always going to be some, some better ones, but like even last year, you got to see like uh, a couple of teams from Wisconsin are also in the coast to coast. And now the WIAC is going to be formed where there's good schools in Eau Claire and Platteville where, um, they're hovering and in the national rankings too. So um, it's just a weird little dynamic with, with that part of it. But it was, yeah. Um, on the flip side, what was the challenge for you? Was it just the newness of it all? I, newness, meaning you as your newness as being a head coach or were there, was there something going on in the season that you thought this is, this is a big deal? Um, I mean, honestly, like the biggest challenge was, was the first, the first four games where we, we had the start that we did, but then like everything kind of just started to go our way a little bit. Like we finished the year on a 22 game unbeaten streak. Um, Mm -hmm. when you feel like you don't lose a game for, for almost two and a half, three months, like it's tough to just not feel like everything is going, going your way. Obviously you'll experience a little bit of adversity, like you know, Hakeem Morgan missed four games for us because he went and was with the U23. Yeah, 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 I remember that. That was a great – I mean, you couldn't say no to that, right? Like, <laughs> no, there's no way you no can say no to that. Um, and uh, so it's uh, – he did that. And, you know, we were – again, we're a team that you can take one of our best players out of it and we can go out and still play against some some very big-time places and just feel like, you know, you're not going to – you're not going to totally miss a beat. So we missed him for four games and, and we went out and we still, we still did well, but fortunately like we avoided a lot of injury crisis. Our biggest injury yeah. concern here was probably we had a freshman, uh, Robbie Buzikovic, who I think is one of the better holding mids in the country in terms of like, he's got an elite passing range and he's so good on the ball. He missed seven, eight games uh, with, with a groin injury and an infection. But outside mm-hmm. of that, like, we were pretty healthy this year and we've mm-hmm. honestly, we've avoided 
injuries a lot of the last three years. Um, so that part was was pretty good. So again, you got to have little things like that go your way. Like Victor didn't miss any games. Casey didn't miss any games. Yeah. Shay didn't miss any games. Um, it was it was super helpful that we just had a lot of continuity in the squad. Yeah. You also have a deep roster, which I think is helpful in that injury department, right? Like yeah. you, you can rotate guys out. Hey, I'm not going to give you a full 90 this game. You're going to play 60. I'm making it up, but play yeah. 60. We got this in the bag. You're going to rest. And I think yeah. that over the longer term helps. Yeah, we had different people step up this year in, in a wide variety of, of different ways. Um, we had a, a sixth-year senior because he was at our medical redshirt year and a COVID year. Um, but or It might have been fifth, I forget. But uh, essentially it was his last year here, and he started like, 10 of the games that he played in and then had a smaller role as the year went on. We had another senior, Liam Vance, who started um, a handful of games for us as a left center back and then somebody else stepped up in that spot. So it was very nice that we had different players step up. And I think this year we finished with like 22 or 23 people scored a goal for us on our 31 person roster. That's huge, huge, right? Like if you get production and you get guys who can come off the bench you know, I I see I talk to coaches who say they might have thirteen guys that they can go to for for their eleven. That's hard, right? That's a lot of wear and tear on bodies. But if you do have twenty three guys who can come in, put the ball in the back of the net, or step into spots, I mean that is that's a whole other. T- you're playing with two teams, right? Like effectively, so. Um, What sort of plans do you have for the spring now? Aside from the nonstop celebrations, right? You're national champions for a whole, now it's what, 11 months, 10 months left. Like, what What are your plans for the spring? Especially as you say, you got a lot of guys, you know, a lot of seniors and trying to figure that all out. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like, I think that we have a smaller to a more normal sized roster here. We usually are at right around 30 people. This year we were at 31. So, again, we're losing 12, probably 11. I think only one player from that class is going to come back and use your COVID year here, Clemente Arcuch Puig. And he's been, like, a consistent starter for the last three years. But, you know, when you lose that many people, it's a big transition period. So I'm excited for this spring to have the guys get to go out and compete a little bit more because to be super transparent, like nobody here has ever guaranteed a starting spot. Like I told the guys and Travis has told the guys, like everything we do here is based on merit. So that's where we had some people start for three years and then maybe they lost their spot or started for two years and then they lost their spot. We'll play whoever you think gives us the best chance. The winner is the most deserving of it. But there's some people where it's very hard to take their spot. It's hard to take Casey McCloskey, Victor Gallman, Akeem Morgan's spot. And you know, those guys are probably going to play 90 minutes a game. Um, barring something happening. So now it's like there's some, there's a lot of minutes that are going to be opening up in this team, and now it's going to be who wants to step up, put in the work, and show that you're the next person who could help us make a run in the NCAA tournament, and you can be a big-time player for us. So it's I'm very excited to get to see, see the guys compete and see who's ready to step up and show that they, that they deserve more and they have earned more in terms of having a bigger role. So that part is nice. And then uh, the big part is just, you know, is recruiting. Um I think that arguably the most important part of college soccer is is recruiting. Um, you can do whatever you want as a coach or a manager. Like this year, I could have played a four three three instead of a three five two or a different shape, and we probably still would have had a ton of success because we had better players than than other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part of of college soccer and winning. So I got to make sure that I try to go out and do that. Like from an interesting perspective, it's not like winning the national championship here will massively change like our recruiting efforts. It's not like, Oh, because St. Olaf won a national championship. I'm now going to be talking to them too, as well as the other NESCACs. Like they're still Mm. in a different tier than us academically. Or, um, you know, we're still located in Northfield, Minnesota, where not many people want to come up to to have our winters. So um, people have asked me that question. Nothing wrong with the Minnesota winners. Come on. (laughs) No, it's not, really cold. You just got to stay inside the whole time. No, it, it's, <laughs> so, um, it's not like, you know, where you're a Division One school and you're in a Power 5 conference and you win the national championship, and now it helps you have recruiting sway over some of the other places. It can help marginally, or if I send an email, I'll get maybe initial response because I'll say, hey, like, we're the reigning national champs. Please respond yeah. to me. Um, little things like that, but um, it's just making sure that, you know, this next class, along with some of the other people that we brought in, they need to be ready to help make the jump where we've been really good the last three years. And I want to make sure that, you know, 
now we're ready to be good for the next seven years. Um, mm -hmm. I think the hard part is, you know, going from bad to good and then good to great. And now that we're kind of near the top of the mountain, I want to make sure that we stay near the stay top there. of the mountain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's the, our, that's the test of time, right? Like, exactly. Some of our players want to be that flash of the pan. You want to be the perennial, we're here, right? Like, it's yeah, just, I think that's a. You, you need some special players to go out yeah. and do what, do what we did, like I said. So, Victor Gallman's, McKean Morgan's, and Case McCloskey's, they don't grow on trees to be like super transparent. Yeah. Just like, I'm not going to be banking on us going to a national championship again again next year. Obviously, everybody wants to, and like that's the pinnacle of it all. Um, but it's just about making sure that you know you get teams that are good enough and strong enough, and hopefully you can get to a second weekend. And then once you get there, pretty much anything can happen. Um, but it's just we got to try to reload a little bit and have some people make sure that you know, just because we won it last year doesn't mean that we're entitled to anything next year. We have to go back out and earn everything all over again with an even bigger target on our back. So we need people to invest in themselves and work hard for the next, you know, now nine months to make sure we are ready come September 1st or August yeah. 36th, whatever the first day of the whatever season is. is. Hey, has your email box exploded after winning the national championship more so than it probably normally does from a recruiting per perspective when you won did you did you notice an uptick in guys reaching out like hey i'm some player and wherever in northfield minnesota yeah. sounds Honestly, real appealing right about now there's a there's been a small uptick in like some people mm -hmm. like some people, like, you know, transparently, like, they'll just Google, like, if they know they're a Division yeah. Three guy, it's like, hey, maybe I'm just going to Google, like, Division Three college soccer and see yeah. what the Come up are. with my web page, my, my YouTube channel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's been a tiny amount of interest, but mm -hmm. more often than not, like, it just, it's had a small impact, I would say, but I don't think it's yeah. been, the, been the biggest. But, I mean, if you back yourself to be a good recruiter, I hope that, you know, I learned from one of the best recruiters in Travis, where... Hopefully I, I can use that to to help. But the biggest part of like why we I think we've gotten good and why we've been good is we didn't talk about like winning a national championship. Yeah. Like yeah, I think this wanna. year on on one hand, I think I could count on one hand the amount of times I said the words national championship. I opened up with like one of our preseason meetings, like, look, you guys, in the past we haven't talked about it and I'm not gonna be the one who continues to talk about it make no mistake, we have everything we need in this room to win a national championship, but you don't win it by talking about it. That happens by winning every single day and having a process that is day in, day out is going to be what, what gets you there. And the thing that I try to say to our team is like, look, you guys, if our competitiveness matches our on-ball quality, we can play with and we can beat anybody in the country. And that was kind of like yeah. my way of saying like, we can do this kind of thing, but yeah, yeah. you just, you got to go day by day and you got to yeah. go yeah, just trust there's no about. shortcuts, right? Like, let's be real. There's no, like I said, you need, you need all of those things in a tournament to line up your way, right? You need a planetary alignment. You need to hit the power ball. You need all of this stuff to just sort of come, come out just right to help you win the national championship. But you also need all of this hard work all beforehand and no one's giving it to you and you need to win it every day every day every day Absolutely. because otherwise Absolutely. you're not going to win like i don't care you're just not going to win you just don't have the fortitude you don't have the what have you so well i uh, i totally agree the the word that i try to use the most with our guys this year is earning i was yeah. trying to be like you guys we're all about earning everything so once we got to you know the point where we were competing for championships in the mayak tournament it was like all right guys like we, a win today can help us earn a my regular season title. So yeah. like that's that's a big deal for us. And then you know once we got to the NCAA tournament, it was about like how can we earn another week together? How can we earn another yeah. twenty four meaningful hours together? And then the cool thing was like going to the national championship. I was like, look, you guys, like we've we've earned all of the time together that we possibly can. So all that's left for us to now is like go out and earn a national championship. And I believe in us to go out there and be able to go go do that. Um, mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is like. I made a little Division Three bracket on a on a printout this year, um, and I haven't always done it. But I like, didn't do that. I, I love Division Three soccer, so <laughs> I, did, like, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I built one out, um, and I didn't share it with like anybody. It wasn't online. I just wrote it out in pen, um, and you know, like I I did. I I picked us to go out and and win it all, and um, I I shared it with the with the guys um, when we were like on our run. I was like. You guys might not know it, but like I promise you, I got genuine belief in us to be able to go out and and do this. Um, it's not 
for show and again like it's easy to write it out and yeah, everything yeah. but um yeah it was that part was that part was pretty cool should frame that bracket man get it frame it or send it to me i'll hang it up like that would be cool um, it was cool one of my favorite christmas presents honestly my my girlfriend uh she screen printed out like the bracket and then she she couldn't get it where it had all the scores in so she went in and put in the scores from every single game in the tournament and she highlighted our wins in gold and she framed it so now i got a nice little bracket of our run that's going to be going to be up in my office once i find that's a place outstanding outstanding up. girlfriend a keeper outstanding girlfriend keeper <laughs> yeah. she knows she understands like where how your brain ticks like oh soccer gift oh thank you so very happy (laughs) absolutely um lastly and and i'll i'll say i'm a big fan of uh coach reuben burke and connecticut college when they won the national championship i thought they played spectacular soccer last year something was awry this year they're back to playing great soccer. Chicago flawless last year when they won the national championship. This year, from the get-go, there was something that I just didn't get the vibe that they were on that path, right? Like what what kind of goals, what 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 sort of the setup for you for the fall to I don't want to say prevent that, right? Like sometimes but 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 how do you get back to that feeling like you have to earn everything every day? Make sense? Yeah, yeah no. And so we, I used the word process, but I also, we had the same kind of like game day goals um, for our season. So um, it used to be three and it slowly started to evolve into five. Um, the first one for us was score the first goal. Um, because as you know, in soccer, when you, you're one of the better teams and you go down. Now teams start to sit a little bit deeper against you. And when teams are organized with nine, 10 people behind the ball, I don't care who you are. It is so tough to play through an organized low block. Um, So we knew that if we could try to go up in a majority of our games, it would prevent teams from, you know, sitting a little bit deeper. It's like that part is, is super helpful for us. And then the second part was win the five to seven minute stretches that are important. And we refer to those as the five to seven minutes to start games to end halves, to start halves, to end halves, and then the five to seven minutes after goals. And they're like, all right, well, yeah, dude, you're now talking about 30, 35 minutes. But that's when a majority of goals are scored. So if we can take pride in winning the start of halves, the end of halves, and then when there's goals, which is when there's the most energy intensity in games. Um, and I think that we got to see that that worked out really well for us where, you know, we scored at the at the end of the Chicago game. We scored at the end of the Eau Claire game. Yeah. Um, we scored in the first two minutes of overtime against Amherst. Like, yeah. Those were big moments for us. And then the other three are bring our on-the-ball quality without gifting the other team something or shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, And we said that because we believe that your process, that it leads to the most sustainable results, is being able to play and dictate the game on the ball while also defending and pressing as high up the field as possible. So we know that if we can defend as high up the field every single time, we can make sure that when they play, it's in their half. And if we back ourselves to be able to play and effectively build, we now know a majority of the game is going to be played in their half of the field, which is, again, it's going to lead to more sustainable results. And then um, winning the set-piece battle, that is the most important part of college soccer. It yeah. doesn't matter if you can play way better than somebody else. If you don't win the the 18-yard boxes on set-pieces, you're not going to go out and win the game. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, against Eau Claire, we scored off of two corner kicks and two penalty kicks. Against Chicago, we scored off of a free kick and a long throw-in. Um, against uh, Amherst, we defended, like, however many long throw-ins, free kicks, corner kicks, their center back led their team in shots with like six. Like we were yeah. we were bending but not breaking. And so yeah, we took yeah. pride in Especially that of- first half. Mm-hmm. That's where I was like, oh, they're in trouble. Like I didn't – I thought you guys were nervous and you weren't sort of playing what I expected. But, yeah, that first half I thought you guys were – just bending, 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 and how, yeah, but anyhow. Uh, sorry absolutely. No, totally, totally agree with you. And the other part is just, is out competing. It's a tough mm-hmm. thing to like quantify numerically what it means, but when you see somebody competing and winning their battles, you just, you know it when you see it. So yeah. those were kind of our five big points. And if we knew that we won a majority of those five things, we could end up leaving the game with a result that was, that was good for us. And yeah, once we yeah. figured those kind of moments out, we just, 
that helped us keep stride. So instead of just like going into the game, everybody always wants to win it, but it's like, how are you going to win it? We found that that was kind of our recipe to going out yeah. and, and, and doing that. So like, that's my long winded way of saying like, um, against Washington college, in the final four, we got massively like dominated in terms of on the ball yeah. stuff. So that's going to happen against yeah. good teams. But, um, you know, fortunately in that game, we did well in the other, uh, in the other four areas that we talked about. But, um, I do think that in terms of division three soccer, I think that we, we try to play Maybe sometimes that's to a fault, and you Chicago could have yeah. punished us for us a couple times. We got lucky where my middle center back made like a crazy thirty-yard recovery where he blocked a shot from from twelve yeah. yards away. Um, little things like that went our way, but I do believe that your process in terms of how you play with your identity on ball and defensively helps you know get the most results. And I think you look last year, you Chicago was they're still this year brilliant on the ball. Last year they were brilliant on the ball with special center backs, and yeah. I think that's why they went undefeated to winning a national yeah. championship. Con- two years ago, they again are one of the better teams in the country on the yeah. ball. So, like, I think that you're now getting to see that you get rewarded a little bit more for yeah. having a process yeah. that can that's, that can that help is you. A, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is a great point because it's true. I think as we get more sophisticated soccer, as soccer players become more sophisticated, I will say teams that look to play the ball and I throw Washington college in that same, that same category, I throw Washington and Lee in the, in that same, same category teams that play get rewarded more than in the past. Whereas I think in the past, if you went up against a team that was full throttle route one and was just going to beat you silly they stood, They got rewarded more for that type of play, which is what always drove me nuts. And now I think that might be, again, as players get more sophisticated, I think, I think that's happening more and more. Much to my happiness, believe me. <laughs> like it's, on, I'm. It makes me. I, I love seeing you guys win. I'm really, Chicago last year, Connecticut. I, to me, when I see a soccer team win, as I would define a soccer team, right, and what I like to see. It makes me feel good, right? And, and no, I, I, I totally agree with you. And again, it's not to say that one way is better than the other. Because I, agreed, agreed. Different yeah. ways to do it. Some are, are highly successful doing it. And then there's teams that are, that are good at both. And that's like a super strong point yeah. to, to be at. I think that Amherst is one of the teams that is really good at both. They can beat you in a variety of different ways where they can, yeah. they can dominate you on the ball and they can dominate you from a physical competitive standpoint. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, yep. they're one of the best teams in the country in, in the first half. And so, yeah. like, you touched on it, like, against Amherst, I totally agree. The, the One of the, my big talking points with the guys is, like, look, you guys, if we can get through the first 25 minutes in the first half in a, yeah. in a, in a decent point, and mm-hmm. that will go a long way in the game. And they still ended yeah. up going first. And, but trust me, I totally agree with you. We were up against it. And they started off the yeah. game in, in a variation of a, of a 3-5-2, and it matched up a little bit better for us. And then they went man for man all over the field with us, and they were just out-competing us everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So good at that. And that's a big reason why, you know, Justin has been to like 15 straight Sweet 16s. Like, I don't think that yeah. anything like this will ever happen no, again. No. So he's I, a brilliant head coach at what yeah. he does. He's good at doing it in a variety of different ways, um, which is impressive that you can do it in two ways because it's it's hard to be really good at it in just one. So the fact that they can mm-hmm. do it in both is impressive. But um, it's just want to make sure that I gave them their their yeah. props because again there was little things in that game too that that had to go our way, which was yeah which was yeah fun. yeah totally totally. Um, look, at love them, hate them, doesn't matter, right? What what Coach Serpone has done at Amherst. Is nothing short of remarkable, right? He 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 reminds me of Dan Wagner at Franklin and Marshall, right? He makes it to the NCAA. Like it's almost like foregone conclusion that they're going to get to the, at least to the, you know, the Sweet Sixteen. Totally foregone conclusion. Starting the season, like how do you do that? Yeah, me and Travis are having this conversation. It's not like take away. We think that it's harder to get to the final four than it is to win the final four. Obviously the hardest thing to do is win a national championship for right. sure. In all six, but like to get to that point as frequently and consistently as some teams do, it is so impressive because it is, again, it's hard to win any game, but um, it's, I have so much respect for teams that can go out there and do it on a consistent basis. And, basis, you know, yeah. we're now one of five teams in the last three years that have gone to three straight sweet 16s. So the yeah. fact that there are people who do it every, every year though, too, or yeah. Or and it it is it is right. so so impressive. Yeah, yeah, 
And how do you do that? How do you get the guys in? How do you get them bought in? Like, there's so much that goes into that formula where you're like, look, you just got to tip your hat. Like, again, it, and it has nothing to do with the soccer. You can play whatever way you want. But if you don't have all the other pieces aligned under the right coach with the right team culture and the spirit and all that kind of stuff, you're not getting anywhere. Like, it doesn't matter. You're not getting anywhere. You gotta have the players. You gotta have the yep. buy-in. They don't believe. Yeah, in yeah. It. Oh, that's it. If they have to believe from the get-go that this is, it's theirs to lose, right? And it's almost like that's their single-minded approach. Otherwise, you're just gonna the team falls apart at some point. Yeah, so. Totally, totally agree. And I think that even now with our generation, um, just not being soft because that's not the right word. Like I will tell you, like as a player, I responded a little bit better to like not softer coaching, but like, I need to know that my coach loved me, cared about yeah, me. Yeah. 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 Then, then when he holds me to a high standard, I know this guy's holding me to a high standard because I'm not doing what's expected of me and he wants me to be yeah. better and do more. So you can still hold yeah. all of that stuff, but like, you just got to make sure that the guys know that you love them and care about them. And then yeah. when they know that, they will jump through hoops, they will run Oops, through walls. Yeah. They will say how high when you ask them to jump, like, yeah. um, so that's where, if, as long as the guys believe in what you're doing and they believe in your process, like there's not, truly one that will definitely lead to more success in there. It's just about whatever you think your best vision and belief is, but it's just been interesting to see over the last three years. Yeah. It's been a slightly different part of it. I always say the difference very clearly. And I watch it and talking to coaches, like what you just said, you know, when I was playing, you just got pounded. Like it wasn't, there was no hugs, hugs. What? Like you, you didn't do something right. You got chewed out. You do something well. That's what you were supposed to do. And there was no yeah. expectation, like it was, yeah, anyhow, but I, you know, get all teary-eyed and nostalgic for the way things were back then, <laughs> but I didn't win a national championship, so it clearly. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, funny, I have like this little other extra story, and I, I didn't share it with the guys until like this Christmas, but when I transferred to St. Thomas and I watched my brother lose in a Final Four to, to Tufts 2-1 to one at, at Roanoke, which is the same place where we went and won it. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of like a weird experience where I went and watched him play there in, in 2016, and then I was back there later coaching. But like right. simple thing, like I we go to like the local mall, and there's always like a little thing where you can write like your Santa wish list or mm-hmm. you see Santa. And I was like, I wrote, and I was like, all I want for Christmas is a national championship. And then we lost, <laughs> in the we lost in the lead eight, and I was like, well, Santa definitely didn't give me what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn him, he's not getting cookies. <laughs> no, and then funny enough like you know it ends up happening seven seven years yeah, later yeah. that's where like again i just i believe that everything happens for a reason and it's you know it's easier to say that because you know we all face adversity and we're fighting different battles that people don't know about but like yeah yeah everything had to happen for me to end up exactly where i was and it was i had to go to east illinois to transfer to st thomas and then because i was at st thomas we played against travis wall's team that he coached at collegiately and because of that um, he then ran into my twin brother at a national yeah. recruit. And then because of that, I ended up on staff at St. Olaf. And then, you know, yeah. I went to be the head coach at UW-Stout. And I was there for seven weeks. And then he leaves. And then I come back to St. Olaf. Um, and now I'm at a place where I could be at for the rest of my coaching life and, and, and be happy and be fulfilled. Um, and it's just, it's kind of crazy that, like, all of these little things happened, which lead to, like, the ultimate culmination of everything. So um, yeah. I'm just, I'm lucky. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. It's cool that travis was is one of my best friends he was one of our biggest supporters he wants us to see us do well where he traveled to our games um it's uh i don't know it's just it's all it's all cool how it adds up to what it did my my twin brother coach in our conference is is at all of our games and he's screaming from the sidelines in the stands (laughs) helping organize my players like hey please be here um little things like that it's just it, it yeah. takes a village. I've got a big time uh, assistant coach, Matthew Gibbons, who helped me out in his first year as an assistant coach. My mental mm-hmm. performance coach, Brian Sullivan, is I think a big reason why we were able to make the jump that we did from two straight sweet 16s to go mm-hmm. to where we did. Um, I had an athletic director that believed in me as a first time head coach to give me what I believe to be one of the best teams in the country. And I, unfortunately, the guys made sure I couldn't mess it up. So I, I appreciate them. Um, it just, mm-hmm. It's just kind of cool that it just it takes a village. And I'm, I'm super yeah, yeah. happy last that's awesome that's awesome um that is i not to get all spiritual but i am one that there's no coincidences in life you just don't see it for what it is when it when it happens right and it's usually gratification delayed and um you know not your time 
Uh, so that it's a somebody else's time, right? Like, yeah, you're not gonna get it seven years ago, but I'll get you one, right? Like, so anyhow, I'll get all weird on that and get all goosebumpy, and I don't, you know. Anyhow, um, hey, coach, this is fantastic. Really, really did enjoy talking with you. Um, really super excited for you guys because I've been a fan for a few years now. Um, think you have, think the world of you guys, and think the world of. Uh, Travis and what he's done and and like I said I'll be speaking to him again soon but um, really really appreciative that you took the time time out of your day. Thank you so much for having me. Like I said earlier, what you do for Division Three soccer is is unparalleled and it's so nice that you shine a light on an area that doesn't doesn't get much light shown on it. So I appreciate everything that you do for us and um, like I said, I've gotten to watch your show for a while, so it's very cool that I'm I've now been able to come and be on it. So I appreciate you for having me on and everything that you've done. Um, thank you very much for a special interview. Thank you. I noticed that you're sweating, by the way. So my interview was hard hitting and and. Um, no, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Really, really, really do appreciate it. I, I just enjoy it. It's, just enjoy- it's great. This, to me, is worth it right there. It does whatever happens and whatever, all this stuff. Just being able to talk about the game and things that intrigue me is, uh, is, is well worth the effort. So, but thank you. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Fantastic.